understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast. We are back. I am your host, Jessica Hurley, and I'm so excited today because I am bringing you one of my faves, a phenomenal guest today who is going to drop some true gems. He is someone that I've been following for a long time and one of my personal favorites, and I just got to respect in this game. He is the author of the step-by-step guide to building wealth from a dollar. A dollar, y'all. This is something you've got to snatch up on Amazon. It's going to be a bestseller soon. He's the founder of blackwallet.org. And he's putting the lit back in financial literacy. And his content is something I have absolutely fallen in love with. You guys know me and you know that budgeting and saving has been something new to me over the last few years. And I love when people make it fun because I think it's just still such a foreign concept just throughout our country and just millennials. It's just something that we struggle with. And so I appreciate him so much. I'm so excited to have him on the Stranded Podcast. So without further ado, my guest today, John D. Saunders. Wow. Wow. Jessica, first and foremost, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm super excited to be on the show and you, you got me kind of feeling myself right now. So I'm smiling ear to ear, but I'm, I'm super excited to get on the show to talk financial literacy and empowering the youth and, and urban millennials and just everyone around the world and giving them the power to, to build generational wealth. So yeah, let's get into it. I'm excited. Woo woo. Listen, (laughs) I'm so excited and I have to say this first and I feel like this is what everyone probably talks to you about, but I just remember being in school and never being taught any of these things like ever, never like not a checkbook, not a budget, like nothing. And I remember being in my early 20s and this just being a really difficult process to kind of muddle through. And when I first saw your content, I was like, this should be everywhere. This should be everywhere. Like some of the stuff that you say, you just, I've been waiting for years for somebody to make budgeting and saving for someone who's been like me, who I kind of hated the concept and used to run from it like the plague, who was going to make it fun (laughs) and you guys make it fun. So what prompted you to create blackwallet.org and what prompted you to say, you know, we're going to be real about this. We're going to bring this to the urban millennials and we're going to make it fun and reasonable and realistic for them. Absolutely. So so it all started. I was about 19. I was in college. I was broke. A family member had been writing bad checks on my name. My credit was shot and I had like literally pennies left to get me through the next week or so uh, with my meal plan at school. And so it it was in that moment that I was like, you know, I don't want to carry on this this dynamic of of the broke mentality. Right. And I thought about there's a lot of people out there that don't necessarily make a ton of money, but are able to leverage that money and create wealth and create a life for their family. So around that age, I, I landed a job at a bank. And I started out as a cashier, right? Just kind of counting money. I wasn't the best at it, but I, I really grinded. I was driving a 95 Tercel, no AC. I literally took my <laughs> shirt off, had it hung up in the back of the car while I drove to work because I had no AC. And if you lived in South Florida around this time, you know how. 
So, you know, I did that. I actually became a personal banker there, uh, a personal banking specialist. And I was able to open up CDs and checking accounts and savings accounts. I learned about IRAs. And that was when I realized I can, at that moment, the company was matching you 3%. So if you look at a 401k, which is a retirement account, if I put in 50 bucks, they would match me up to 3% of that money. So I would put a, I would put a max contribution as much as I could at that moment. And so fast forward a couple years later, I was able to to purchase my first home, help my mom buy her first home. And I realized like I can use this money as leverage. And I'm not like a big guy on like, oh, I got to be rich. I got to have this. I'm more so about how can I leverage this money that I have to create more wealth so that my kids' kids will know what to do with it. And so what prompted blackwallet.org was at this point, I'm probably I'm a financial nerd. So this is probably about three, two and a half years ago. Um, and I'm on websites like The Penny Hoarder, which I would definitely check out, and as well as Nerd Wallet. And these are websites that provide information about credit cards and debit cards and what accounts you should open. And so I looked at this content and it was, it was great content, but I felt like it didn't speak to me. And I think the disconnect, especially with the urban community, is that a lot of the content that we look and read about isn't relatable. So I thought about well, I have an agency, a marketing agency already. We can build out a blog like this ourselves. I could leverage my team to build this out, design it, create content, and get this out to the masses. And so my main goal with it was to just empower people with the knowledge and information that they need. So I'm in no way a financial expert. I just do a lot of research and I make sure that I'm very um, accountable with my money. And so with blackwallet.org, once it launched, it was just, it was, it was crazy. The feedback was insane. I, we offered uh, free monthly budget downloads, free uh, PDFs, content related to artists. Like, for example, one of our recent articles about Russell Wilson and how he gifted his teammates 12,000 Amazon stock. I saw that. And, and so what we did with that was we were like, OK, well, how can you gift stock to family members or how can you provide a gift of purchasing a stock for someone else? And so we tried to tie in urban culture with financial literacy to make it fun and engaging. I'm sorry that was long winded. I just wanted to <laughs> No, that explains so much to me. I have so many questions now. <laughs> OK, so because I thought that you started Black Wallet and then you started a marketing agency. But now this explains a lot. You actually started a marketing agency and then leveraged that to create Black Wallet. Exactly. Got it. That makes so much sense. So, and then you said that you were like an avid reader and like nerd on with like Nerd Wallet and the Penny Hoarder. We were, I actually had an episode featured in the Penny Hoarder. Oh, dope. It was really cool. I interviewed a girl there who was their senior writer and she talked about whether or not millennials should ditch Starbucks and if that's how you're actually going to save money. She had a really unique take on it. So um, they featured it in the Penny Hoarder. But I love the Penny Hoarder. It has given me hope to buying a house and saving money. Uh, (laughs) But I I think about every entrepreneur or person who wants to be an entrepreneur one day and you were looking at these sites and then you created something just like it, but except for you and the people that you're around every day and you serve, that would be intimidating to a lot of people because they would say, well, this already exists. The market's already saturated. There's financial content everywhere. Why would I think this was going to work? How did you know this was going to work? Ultimately, I, I didn't. And and I went into this not even thinking of making money, but more so this could be a great way for me to give back. And so as a marketing strategist, I felt like creating a website like this and giving back to my community, it would be valuable to people. And it, even 
though it's out and about and doing this thing now, it's still surreal on the success of it because now, you know, we're cash positive. Uh, we're selling physical products like the book and we sell um, T-shirts. And, I and, saw them. So it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does, you know, it does well. And, and, you know, it's to the point now where we're just trying to create and and capitalize on this community. So for people thinking, oh, well, an industry is saturated or there's too many people in the space, you can always find a niche or a specific way to go about it. So for us, the wide spectrum is financial literacy. Now we've kind of owned it in to urban millennials who are looking for financial literacy, who are looking to create generational wealth and not just leveraging the blog, but also using social media to build on that too. So we have a completely completely free Facebook group uh, called Financial Literacy Tips, where we just post daily content on, hey, these are some things that have worked for me. We have a live community that's active in there, about 2,000 members talking daily about different ways to save and leverage money. And so for me, it was more so about creating a community and, and letting it grow organically because we don't even spend that much on ads, really. And so helping to create this and then making a little bit of money on the way, right? Because we have to make money in order for this thing to move and for in order for us to pay our staff and our, our writers. So for me, it was more about providing value, 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 value on the front end. And then as a result, creating this community, which you can then leverage to offer products that add value to their lives. Wow. This, okay, this explains so much to me because I've been watching your stuff for a while and I was like, how do they do all of this at the same time? And how is he making <laughs> money off of Black Wallet? This makes this makes a lot of sense now. So, but I have to bring this up because you mentioned it a little bit earlier in our call and I was astounded. I was like, what? So you sound, you, you said, of course you sound intelligent, but you sound like you've been doing this forever and a day and that you've just been financially sound for your entire life. But you said when we joined the call earlier that you actually have only been an entrepreneur close to five years. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, five years on last or the past May, May 5th is our, our anniversary. So I was, yeah, I worked in for companies my whole life. I still don't necessarily consider myself an entrepreneur. I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm more so like a facilitator. I just, I love to build brands and, and, and develop ideas and make ideas tangible. And the internet helps me do that. So I, you know, after the bank, I really, well, while I was at the bank, I really wanted to work in advertising and I had applied at so many places. I had done two internships while I was working there in advertising, but no one would hire me because I didn't have the experience. And then, you know, luckily my first mentor and boss, Chris Herman, who uh, owns the agency Herman Advertising, uh, hired me. It was an automotive uh, agency, marketing agency. And so he hired me to just write HTML and do social media. And so I just delved into books, into content. I learned as much as I could. Um, these the the marketing manager there taught me a ton. His name is uh, Mark. And I just learned a lot in that process of being there. I was there for about four years. And so I ended up becoming the marketing director wow. and oversee campaigns for Land Rover and Range Rover and Audi. And these are the dealership level. So it's not the full kind of manufacturer. Right. But I learned a ton and we were able to leverage social media early on before it became mainstream. And so that really helped us create a one up on, on the competition. And that job taught me so much. And that's why I, I'm one of those people that 
I always tell those if they want to work, if they want to do something, if they want to work in an agency, just work for someone else first. Learn the process, learn what works, learn what doesn't work. Now, you might have those people that are just enigmas, right? They can go off, do their thing on their own and they're good and they can they can motivate themselves to do really, really well in the in the onset. But I think that for most people, it's important to work in a position of where you want to be so you can learn as much as you can, because essentially you're getting paid to learn. Right. Right. So once you get to a point where you feel like, okay, I'm making enough side hustle money or I'm confident enough where my bills could be covered by X, I'm going to go ahead and leave the job. And that's essentially what I did. Since we were with automotive clients, I started picking up friends and family, doing things at a discount. And it got to the point where I had enough money to cover my bills. And so if I could do that, I knew that if I left, I could essentially make more money as an entrepreneur. And so that's what I did. And that was five years ago. And it's been and, you know, it's been an amazing ride. I, I do feel like entrepreneurship is a lot of self-motivation and I've, I've been a self-motivated person for a long time. And I just feel like you learn so many things as an entrepreneur, not what not to do, what to do, mistakes, how to leverage those mistakes and learn from them. And it's just been a, a dope ride. And you learn everything the hard way, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, OK, so I got two questions from that as a leader. Because you've been doing this for five years, you've built an entire team, you know, you built this from the ground up as a leader. What do you look for in talent when you're hiring for your team? That's great. Uh, f- first, it's it's a little different for me because my entire team is remote. Oh, wow. I have freedom of working from home. I have a remote office close by to meet clients. And so I, I my entire team is a remote uh, staff. And so some of the things that I look for in an individual is more so consistency and and their their drive and will to succeed. And so I don't even necessarily look at the specific skills of a person because I feel like skills can be taught. You know what I mean? Especially in the digital marketing space, a lot of this stuff, we create standard operating procedures or documents and videos on training on how we do things internally. And so all of that stuff can be taught. I look more so on people that are consistent, that are driven, that also have their own hopes and dreams and are very aspirational. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what motivates me to find really great people. And so some of the traits that I look for are one of the, actually one of the questions I ask people are, what do they do on their free time? Because I like to know some people will be like, well, I, I love to read or I love to go to the beach with my son. And once I can find their motivation, I can leverage that into something that keeps them excited and keeps them going and be able to foster that relationship. Wow. That's so true. Because it, it, you have to have such an important base and a why to keep doing this. Because you could make this decision, leave the, I call the job the dream funder, leave the dream funder because you think if you have more time, you'll make more money and end up sleeping in and, and just not, not being focused. I even, I haven't even told anyone this yet, but when I left my corporate job in April, I had, I thought I had this plan. I double, triple checked that I could make money. And for the first two weeks, I was what I would call lazy. And it wasn't because I'm naturally lazy. It was because like, I didn't really know how to go about taking the steps to do this all day long. Yeah. Like, you know how you just don't move, like you're paralyzed by fear. I was just like, what's the right decision? What do I need to do? And how am I going to make this work? So therefore I just didn't move. It's so easy to not move because you have to be so self-motivated to make this work. No, absolutely. I I agree 100 percent. 
hundred percent. One one thing that helps me is I treat and because I work from home. You know, a lot of people can't work from home. Like for example, my wife she she works a position with um, the local sports team, the Dolphins, and she's she she can't work from home. It's just like the environment doesn't work for her. So for me, what I do to to really work on that is I treat it like a job. You know, I I block out time each day. Um, I get dressed. I put clothes on. I, my office is a separate room away from like the bedroom or anywhere else. And that's my workspace. And so for me, that helps me delineate between, hey, I'm home watching TV or no, I'm in the office, like getting work done. Yes. And, you know, sometimes I'll change the environment. I might go outside by the pool and sit down and work. But ultimately, I think routine has helped me really, really stay focused throughout the day. Oh, the habits in your daily matter. They matter. Most definitely. That's so funny you say that because I've gotten used to it now. I love it. I'm like, I'm more excited to wake up early and and stay up late now that because my office is here. But my fiance and I both, you know, you know, Chris, both of us work from home. We interviewed Chris actually on the blog. You did? Yeah. Did I tell you that? Oh, yeah. I think you did tell me that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you go to blackwallet.org and interviews, we interviewed Chris Bruce, legendary, uh, Legendary wholesaler. So yeah, so he's on there if, if anyone wants to check that out as well. They they know my fiance. Listen, they, <laughs> they know he's a popular entrepreneur. That's that's why I get pushed every day. <laughs> but we work at, so we have a two story condo. His office is downstairs, mine's upstairs, and people will be like, Oh, isn't it nice that you guys get to see each other every day? Like more often. I'm like, I don't even see him. Like <laughs> we don't even see each other. Like we might come downstairs at the same time for a moment, but literally until the time that we have to pick up our son, we are hustling on two different <laughs> floors like that's how it is that's how it is and it works it works it works well you know definitely i agree 100 percent. 100 so you give away a ton of free content and you i always i love when i see that you have it i can tell when you post it because you post it from like your i think it's like your twitter or something yeah. and um i'm always like ooh, this is going to be a good read because you're always giving away like <laughs> stuff that people could do right now and you said yeah. something the other day and it was like if you are a millennial and I'm going to misquote you, I apologize, but it was like, if you're a millennial and you don't have a digital side hustle, like you, what are you doing? Basically, it was like, you should have a digital, so you should have some type of side hustle in this day and age. No, absolutely. I agree a hundred percent, a hundred percent. There's just, there's just too many opportunities online not to take advantage. And you listed a couple of them. You, I think it was like freelancing and photography and something else. What are some of the top things you think that are anybody listening right now? That's like, I need extra money. I yeah. can't go work at a bar at night. I can't go serve. I have children or whatever. I need something because I'm in a bunch of Facebook groups. Every day I see a new woman post. I need something I can do from home fast. I need extra money. What's some stuff that just off the top of you ha- your head that you think is just a good like yeah. somebody could learn in the next two weeks to do? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the Internet has bridged the gap between, you know, the job force and being an individual working from anywhere in the world. So one of those things I would recommend is virtual assistant. And what a virtual assistant does is they help companies facilitate specific tasks through the use of the Internet. So, for example, I have two virtual assistants. They answer emails. They respond to inquiries. They take care of updates for clients. And so you 
anyone in the world can become a virtual assistant. You just have to have a little bit of digital savvy. You don't have to type that fast even. And the great thing about it is you can learn on the job. So if a marketing agency needs like a VA or uh, maybe a, a, a public speaker needs a virtual assistant, they can hire someone like you or me where we can help them facilitate a lot of the tasks within their business. The great thing about it is, uh, you know, they, they pay 13 to 25 bucks an hour. Secondly, you'll learn a lot of these skills that you can use to get another new job position or go out on your own and venture on out as an entrepreneur. And so it's a great way to make additional income. Another idea is, I don't know if you've heard of the website Etsy, E-T-S-Y, the website you can sell custom goods that you create. So a family friend, she um, she created like these cool custom like wood signs for her sister's wedding. And so she took a lot of great pictures and people were like, hey, how'd you make that? Where'd you get that from? Can I buy these? And so she started an Etsy store and now she creates those on the fly in her free time and made an additional $15,000 in additional income. Wow. Right? So another example, could be something like blackwallet.org where you launch a blog within your niche or something that you're passionate about. So some kids like Fortnite, some people like reading uh, fantasy novels, create a blog around that, provide content. And when I say content, people think, oh God, I'm going to have to write four blogs a day. Uh, In reality, you can do one to two solid blogs a month, but then use or leverage social media to keep that content going. And so with blackwallet.org, what we've done is we post about five to six blogs per month. And then we also have an Instagram where we post five to six times daily. And essentially what we do is we just reshare quality content from other Instagram people in the financial literacy space. So it's a win-win because now we have all this free content we can repurpose. Uh, We make sure that we tag and always give attribution to the original author. So they're getting exposure. And now our content is being seen consistently on a daily basis. And we just hit 140,000 followers on Instagram. So it's it's that constant kind of going of leveraging a couple platforms well and creating and, le- and, and increasing that blog scope. So uh, probably one more thing I'd, I'd recommend is becoming an affiliate. And, and what that means is any products that you talk about that you sell, for example, we were just talking about the Yeti mic that you use. So you could create a blog post that says, hey, these are my 10 products that I use. And then use an affiliate link, meaning a link that when someone clicks it and they purchase from that link, you get a piece of that pie. You could have a blog that's on autopilot making you 10, 15, $100 a day just passively without you having to do anything. And these are products that you're already using. So they have this with everything. If you're recommending something on Amazon to a friend, if you're recommending a book, um, something from a a store that you like online, uh, 90% of these websites have an affiliate program you can sign up for for free and get paid to sell products that you're already interested in. So those are just kind of a few ideas I wanted to throw out there to help uh, help the audience kind of get started. Those are perfect. So I don't know if you if you mentioned Priority VA when you said virtual assistants. I don't know what, what did you mention a website? No, no, no. I, I didn't mention a specific one. Perfect. But there's virtuals, which is Z-I-R-T-U-A-L. And no, tell me about the one you're you're uh, you're referring to. Yeah. So Priority VA is something uh, my fiance uses, and we've checked it out. And it's U.S. based, but it's um they train you. You have to go through a lot of certification programs, but it's like a guaranteed sixteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars a month, and they match you with somebody that is looking for your exact skill set. So you end up working online for someone that is 
in need of your exact skill set. So it's perfect. Um, he's gotten one from them. I have two virtual assistants like you do, but they're overseas. But the cool part about that and being a virtual assistant is one of them's been with me so long that I keep bringing her up with me. Like every time I revamp my business, I make more money. I kind of bring her with me as like my right hand. Exactly. So she's exactly. kind of grown with me, made more money with me. It's just been so cool to have her as a part of my team. Like you can pretty much, you can build a virtual business at this point. <laughs> exactly. And the, with the um, with the Etsy shop, and I'm going to plug one of my current podcast clients is launching a podcast called the Furniture Flip Lab. And she oh, started nice. out on Etsy. Yeah, she started out on Etsy, started just um, recreating furniture. Like, what do you call that? Um, like DIYing it. Okay. And now she has two brick and mortars. Half a million a wow. year. Half a million a year. A mom who just loved to like revamp furniture. That's crazy. So for anyone that's like a mom at home, thinks they don't have time to do anything. If you're DIYing anything at home, that is totally an avenue for revenue. Like it can be no, done. Absolutely. Absolutely. It can 100%. absolutely be done. And then with the affiliate links, it's funny you say that because that's the first way I tell people to monetize po- podcasts too. It's like, it's not the sponsorships. It's not your services. It's affiliate links. Like that's the easiest thing you can do. Exactly. And it takes an extra five, 10 minutes, then you can make you money for two, three, five, 10 years. Exactly. Exactly. Because it's content forever. Exactly. All right. So tell us about this five star book, this step by step guide, because you already had Black Wallet. You already have your marketing (laughs) agency. Whose great idea was it to say, John, you have to you need to create a guide for people. And this all needs to be building wealth from a dollar. Uh, so it, it's a little bit, I, I'm, a, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna be upfront. I'm a marketing, I'm a marketing guy. So I have a little bit of a, of one up, but, um, what I thought about was, okay, how can we offer additional value to our audience that can, that's, that's physical, that's tangible. And so one of the, we, we have a ton of PDFs that you can download. We actually have a free monthly budget sheet. They can go to your audience can go to blackwallet.org and download any one of those things for free, absolutely free. But I thought, how can we create a physical product that adds value, that's not expensive, that kind of gets people into the door of saving, investing, and creating generational wealth. And so we played around with a little title, a little bit of titles. I And here's another big tip for people. Build a Facebook group. I can't tell people enough the importance of building a Facebook group because it helps you, one, create an audience that you can go to and refer to, and two, you can run everything you do by this group. So it's almost like um, a test group. Test run. What we did was we created like five or 10 different titles. I was like, hey guys, what do you think of these titles? I let the audience choose. Okay, this one got 50 votes. This one got 150 votes. Let's go with this one. Oh, that's perfect. Once we had the title, we posted the different covers, right? We did five to seven covers. And and big shout out to my our designer, full-time designer, AB. He does all of our work for Black Wallet as well as 5-4 Digital. And, um, And so we did five to seven different designs of the front cover. And we had two that were really good. And then we took those two and put them back to the audience and, and they feel engaged. They feel, they, they feel active in the process of you creating, right? So not only are you giving them the power to help you build this, but you're also creating momentum. So when you launch that product, they're going to eat it up. They're going to buy it. They're going to do whatever they can to get it. Right. And so once we had the book ready, the book cover, I was writing about 30 minutes to an hour a day for about four months. Cause I, I couldn't allocate a ton of time to it, but I wanted to get it done. And then once it was done, 
I actually, and, and I don't use Fiverr a lot anymore. We do a lot of stuff internally, but F-I-V-E-R-R.com. You probably know about it. You I talk about it all the time. Exactly. For really cheap. So I edited the book and then I, and then I found an editor on Fiverr and get this. The book is about 140 pages. Um, I found a college educated English professor who had a master's in English literature. Edit the book for $85. Shut the front door. That that I'm I'm so serious. I'm so I was about to curse, but I don't know if we can curse on this podcast. You can so curse. It's fine. Even a PG. <laughs> no, it's but, um, we're PG yeah, thirteen. So, <laughs> <laughs> so so he he edited the book. Took him about a week. We put it in Google Doc. We we promoted it on Amazon KDP. So Amazon has a platform called KDP, which stands for Kindle Direct Publishing, and you can post your book on there, and they'll facilitate the process. So I have five books in house, but all the books that get purchased through Amazon are actually print on demand. So once someone purchases, Amazon prints it, sends it to them through Amazon Prime. So they get it in two days and we make about, I'd say about 50 to 60% margins on the book purchase. And each book is about 12 bucks. So when we released in the first week, we hit number one in new releases on Amazon for wealth management, we hit number one for sales and wealth management, and it was it was insane. So I think I have to attribute a lot of that to our Facebook group and our existing audience. Because we'd already built a community, we were able to leverage that community when our first physical product came out. It was affordable. It was easy. It's a quick read. And, you know, we just tried to do a lot of upfront work so that when it released, we had a lot of people buying and a lot of people uh, excited. Congratulations. Thank you. That is amazing. Like you fixed the standard that or this like new myth or belief that everyone thinks that if I launch a blog or I launch a book, it's going to it's going to just fail. You have done this right, which is what I think is so cool. And it's because you I feel like there's such a passion behind it. You have such a strong team behind it and you know exactly who you serve. Definitely. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. So first of all, everyone, please go get this book. It's on Amazon. It's what is it? Less than 15 bucks. It's like 12 something. 11, like 98. Yeah, it's and it is critical. I was just reading some of the reviews and people were talking about how it breaks down saving and budgeting in a way that was just they said was like life changing. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And that, that's what that's the biggest thing that I want people to understand is you don't have to be rich to live a, a fruitful life and a, and a life full of you know financial freedom. There, I know guys making forty thousand, fifty thousand dollars a year that save seventy percent of their income and they live life, they travel, they have their own home, they, they do their thing. And then I have then you have people that make three hundred thousand dollars a year and they're living paycheck to paycheck. And so I think if people can start to see that, hey, if I put a dollar a day in an account like Acorns or an account like Vanguard, I can make four or $500,000 over time with compounding. So it's, it, it, it breaks everything down and makes everything into kind of simple, digestible chunks that anyone can do. Wow. Wow. See, just hearing that because people run from, and I'm speaking from a personal place. Years ago, I ran from saving because it sounds so restrictive. It just sounds like, oh, I'm living my life right now. I don't want to just like pinch pennies. I don't want to not travel. I don't want to not do the things I want to do. And I know that's what you're going to tell me in this book. But- yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, 
Yeah, it's 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 different things that you can do to to make money. And, and I mean, I'll even take an excerpt from the book. It says, let's take a look at how much a dollar would give you if you were to save the amount every single day over your entire adult working life. Assume that you have set aside this money for a period of 50 years, starting at 18 up to 68. Now, this is just a concept, but it's just to show people how how possible it is. And so in an ETF with fees at, let's say, around nine to 10 percent, you'll have five hundred ninety four thousand dollars. You, so, most people can't get that from a job. And, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And so I think it's important for everyone, everyone to go read the book and, and just put some of these things into action because it, it, it works. I mean, I use the, the the Acorns app to pay for my first home. You know, it's crazy. People are like, what? You paid with? Yeah, I was doing 20, 30 bucks a week. And, you know, that was compounding over, over time. I was doing moderately aggressive because I was young. I could take chances, right? When you're young, you can take a lot of these chances and, and, and fail because you can always come back and redeem yourself later on. So that's just, you know, it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing time we live in right now. Wow. I know. I, I try to tell people this all the time. Like, and I think that's what you're screaming at the rooftops is like, you can't tell me you're broke. Because if you're broke, you're not doing enough. There's too much stuff out here you can do to make money. Exactly. Too many opportunities, unlimited opportunities. All you got to do is get online. And if you search for four or five hours, like you said, there's too many opportunities from VAs to affiliate links to starting a blog. There's just everything under the sun, ways for you to make extra money. Exactly. No, I I agree 100 percent. And all you you know, if if you don't have money, then you have time. Say it again. If you don't have money, you've got time. Woo! Yeah, yeah. It's you know, it's it's true, and I think that everyone should have some type of online hustle just to test the water, see what you like. You might find a niche that you enjoy, and you know, you can you can work from anywhere in the world. You can spend time with your family, do do essentially whatever you want. It's the most amazing feeling ever. All right, I got two last questions for you. Let's do it. Someone in massive debt, someone listening to this right now and like, listen, this is all good. I hear y'all talking about traveling, saving money, blah, 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 investing, but I'm $60,000 in student loan debt and I can't save money because my student loan bills are $450, $500 a month. I'm pinching pennies to begin with. I know we talked about, you know, those side hustles, but what would like your first piece of advice be to them? Like, how could how could we even motivate someone like that to say that this could happen for you too? I probably first thing, if they have like scattered student loans, I would definitely consolidate and see if they can get that interest rate dropped. A lot of times companies will work with you and they'll help you consolidate that into one lump sum and then pay a lower interest rate and then try and pay as much as you can towards that interest rate to get that paid off sooner. And I know it could be overwhelming, especially for a lot of folks out there who are who are in massive debt. But I think that by doing so, you're 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 kind of putting it all in one place and then you're making it one lump sum that you're going to have to pay a month regardless. And so what I would recommend is like we talked about working on getting a side hustle, something that can maybe cover that expense or, or, or help cover that expense so you can use your money and allocate it towards other places. And so I think that would probably be my, my, my biggest piece of advice for that, because a lot of ways these digital um, avenues or side hustles have a low point of entry, a low cost of entry. You want to open up a store that sells t-shirts, you're not going to spend much because Shopify is about 30 bucks a month. Um, you can use a print on demand platform like Printful or uh, or T-Launch where you're only paying when someone purchases your products. And so I think that resourcefulness is helps in that case. And then consolidating that loan to make sure that you're getting the lowest interest rate possible and then being able to, to go to other 
even going to companies and pitching and saying, hey, you know, who can give me the best interest rate because I'm going to be paying on time consistently every single month. Boom. Oh, that was so good. I love that you said like a an inexpensive entry point. Like a lot of these businesses have an inexpensive entry point. Like sometimes you do not need this excessive amount of things to start. Like it's the same thing with podcasting. I, I hear people say all the time, like, I don't I can't afford that, you know, like studio equipment. Uh, you can start a podcast for under a hundred dollars as far as equipment goes. Like yeah, yeah. It, it it's just sometimes you you need to research, but you don't need to read what you read on the ear consume what you read on the internet because all of those things aren't necessary exactly exactly so when you were talking about debt we were talking about student loan debt but i had a question for you about medical debt how different is that from student loan debt when people are because i feel like everyone's one emergency away from like massive medical debt yeah that's that's a huge 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 fear in in our economy and you know they were talking about it a lot yesterday even on the the debates and so I'm not a big political guy, but I, I do believe that medical debt can cripple a family. You know what I mean? And so for me, my situation is a little different because as an entrepreneur, I don't even pay for my insurance because I'm under my wife's plan with her job. So it kind of works out for me beneficial. But if you have, you know, both parents are, are, are entrepreneurial, you don't necessarily have it to your job. You're probably paying and you have one kid, you might be paying 1400 to $2,000 a month just in medical insurance. That's, and so, what we, that's what we pay as two entrepreneurs yeah, of the yeah. kid. And what happened? And I asked that because what happened to us, I mean, and it even happened when I had a job, but I don't know if you know what happened to our son, but he ended up in the NICU for three months when we had him. And um, he ended up, they called him a million dollar baby. That's how much his expenses were in the NICU. And so thank God, heaven and high that he was considered disabled because he was under three pounds when he was born. So the state uh, steps in and they cover any medical expenses that your insurance won't pay, but they would not cover any of my expenses were, which were through the roof and any of the specialists we had to go see afterwards with him when he got out were, which was like cardiologists, um, neurologists, all of it, they would, they wouldn't cover that. And so we still keep getting bills that like we're paying off some of them. And then we're like, what is this? What is this? Like they're, they're coming in constantly. And so as two entrepreneurs, it's like, this is insane. Like I, I understand now why people are one emergency away from life changing situations. No, absolutely. It's it's true. It's true. You know, we, we had a similar situation. My mom got really sick a few months ago and, you know, we we're, were, we're lucky enough where she's been a teacher for a long time. And so she had great insurance, but I couldn't even imagine having to try and make decisions for your family's well-being based on, OK, well, how much is that going to cost? You know what I mean? So, uh, you know, th- there's there's things that are coming out to help negate some of this stuff. Like, you know, you have this the HSAs now, which is a health savings account, which is essentially a tax advantage account created for individuals who are covered under high deductible health plans. And so if you have a health plan that where your your deductible is 500, 1,000, 1,500 bucks, you can have an HSA account where they weekly take money from your account, put it in this HSA as kind of like a, a fail safe. And so God forbid something happens to you, you can cover that deductible. So I think every person should have some type of health insurance just to, to take care of that kind of thing. Because even in that case, you know, you could have something so severe that your insurance doesn't cut it. Right. And so you always have that constant fear. But I think if you at least have a good amount of coverage that you can, either it's a, you know, a personal, a, a, a personal 
account or through your job that you have an HSA account to also include on that just in case you run into any high deductibles through your plan. And so that's probably my best advice on that. I'm not an expert in that by any means, but you know, that's what's worked well for us. And yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something to be fearful of. And I also just kind of ties into the next thing. Also, I recommend anyone, anyone that has families, children, just period, should have a life insurance policy. Mm, yes. Because you never know what can happen. You could have a freak accident. Something could happen where you walk out of the house. You could have a brain aneurysm. And I hate to talk about this stuff, but it's necessary because people have to understand that if you're gone and you don't have a life insurance policy, unless you're a multi, multi-millionaire, your family is not going to be able to go... Um, you know, to further their lifestyle with you gone. So for me, uh, you know, I had, I've had a life insurance policy since I was 22 and every year I revisit that and I say, okay, well with our expenses and what we have now, God forbid something happens to me. Will my family be okay? Will the house be paid off? Will my son still be able to go to the school that he's in? Or you have to think about all these factors because you might not realize it, but people think, oh, life insurance, I can't afford that. You can have a million dollar policy for less than 75 bucks a month. Right. And some people might think that's a lot. And, and in some cases it could be, but it's necessary and you have to have it because you just do not know what can happen. Right. I agree. I agree. It's so necessary. Like, and for 30 to $70 a month, like that's an investment that's totally necessary. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. All right. So last question for people that are just getting started, because I know, you know, all the gurus, give me your top three to five financial gurus besides Black Wallet Org and John D. Saunders that they should be following for financial advice. All right. Let me look at my bookcase. So one, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Anyone that even has had an inkling of financial literacy has read that book. Probably my favorite, hands down. Um, So Robert Kiyosaki, most definitely. I'd say uh, Napoleon Hill, who wrote the book Think and Grow Rich. That is an absolute necessity for anyone thinking about financial literacy. Um, I would also bring up, let me see. um, Also, I like Dave Ramsey. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've heard of Dave Ramsey, but um, he's a little bit unorthodox because he talks about like not having debt and, you know, off your house as soon as possible. And that's, and I think you can take elements from different people based on what your beliefs are. And so for me, one of my goals is to pay off my home in 10 years because I feel like I can create a lot of leverage. I can have a good amount of money. Some people will say, well, you know, with that money, you could take that and put it in the stock market and get a higher return or real estate investing. And there's so many different things you can do. But that's one of the components that I really like that he talks about. Also, I'm trying to think, those honestly, those are probably my top. Um, if you're thinking about real estate investing, I would definitely think about um, uh, the book by Gary Keller, who's the the co-founder of Keller Williams, called "The Millionaire Real Estate Investor." That's probably my favorite. Uh, so those are kind of my my top guys in the space. So what about um, somebody that's on Instagram, feels like they don't have time to pick up a book? Who are three major Instagram accounts or influencers that they could follow that give good financial advice every day? Ah, okay. That's a good one. So one would be, of course, Black Wallet Org on Black on Instagram. <laughs> you, know, you know we gotta plug our show. You know Absolutely, because I'm a, I'm an avid follower. 
<laughs> I'm also going to say uh, a guy we interviewed as well. His name is Rashad Bilal. Mm. He's a, a financial investor. He's done. He does some really great content. He has a, a good podcast called uh, Earn Your Leisure, which um, which we featured him on the blog. I'm looking at some of our uh, our followers. I also like one of our writers. Uh, her name is Faux Alexander, but her Instagram is Girl Talk with Faux. She, she provides some great content. She just dropped a book. Also, The Finance Bar, B-A-R. Oh, I love them. Yeah, they post some really, really great content. And then um, on the investment side, I really like uh, John Henry Style. Or his name is John Henry, but his Instagram is John Henry Style. And uh, let's see. And the last one will probably be... Oh, I love John Henry. Oh yeah, he's great. He posts awesome content. I like. Um, there's one called Blacker Pockets and Bigger Pockets. Bigger Pockets is great too. Don't they have a podcast? The Bigger Pockets podcast. Yes, I love their podcast. Yes, yes, yes. Me too. Man, listen, John, this was phenomenal. Thank you for 45 minutes of just solid, just bringing the lit back in financial literacy, making this fun, making this simple, making this easy on us and just giving us all the things that we can do that I think are applicable for everybody right now. You were phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm excited to, to be on the show. And if you know, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. Of course. And just last but not least, tell my audience, because I know they're going to be like, how do I keep up with this guy? Where can they stalk you? Where do they find Black Wallet? Where do they find your book? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. All my tags on all social media are John D is in dog Saunders. That's S-A-U-N. D-E-R-S. Uh, you can find my personal website, johndsaunders.co. And then you can check out Black Wallet's content anywhere in the globe, blackwallet.org. And you can get the book on Amazon or on our website. It's a step-by-step guide to building wealth from a dollar. Man, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. All the honest, clear, concise content is going to change some lives on the Stranded Podcast. Thank you for being our guest today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.